The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. But if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon which time he'll be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and then click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And then <clears throat> also be sure to subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and uh, we would appreciate that very much. We're also streaming to beforeitsnews.com top of the page and want to thank those guys for giving us a spot over there and then back to sons of liberty media.com right up under where we're streaming live it's in the sidebar over there uh, on the website is where you can sign up for our email newsletter that goes out once a day uh, all the articles we have for the day including the morning show archive so anything that i talk about today the videos links any of that stuff it'll be up later at sons of liberty media.com so you can use it as you want to use it um, you can download it, re, re upload it. You can trash it, whatever you want to do with it. Uh, but you'll be able to have all that stuff in there in one place. Before we get started today, <clears throat> uh, as you know, uh, Lord willing, we're going to, we're going to go down to, uh, the healing for the ages conference this week. And, uh, that'll be on Friday and Saturday. And, uh, that's put on by Dr. Brian Artis. There's going to be several speakers there. And I guess some guest VIP people that he has invited in. Uh, who are other doctors and such, and um, that he wants to help understand you know, certain things, teach certain things. And uh, so if you would like to go, you can still register for that. It is in uh, Dallas, Texas, or the Plano area there, I think is where it is. Um, and if you register for the virtual, you can get 10% off. So if you can't make it, and you don't want to come out uh, or spend the money for that. The virtual is there. You can register. If you use promo code Tim, they'll give you 10% off. 
but anybody's going to be out there, please um, look for me. I'll, I'll be around. I'd love to say hey to you. Um, yeah, so that'll be later this weekend. Lord willing, we're going to have that. All right, now, and just let me throw this out here too. I did pitch the thing about the new website for the mRNA hormone antibiotic no-nos in U.S. prime high-choice beef, right? I told you about that. Uh, that that'll that that's offered. So I've gotten with some of you guys. It's been a crazy bunch of days and we're trying to cram all this stuff in to do a bunch of stuff here in the home. So I will get to you, some of you who've signed up for more information for that. Some of you I've already dealt with. Um, so thank you for your patience in that. All right. Today we're, um, we're going to take on something. That, I mean, it seems like some of these items you just kind of have to keep going over because they keep pushing. And when I say they, I'm talking about the lawless. Okay, because in my mind, there is no left and right. There is you're either on this, you're either being lawful or you're being lawless. And the lawless come on the quote unquote right and the left, by the way, they come in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. And by the way, any other party. Why? Because men are corrupt. We understand that. They're corrupt because they're sinners. Okay. And some evidence it more than others. Some are very good at hiding their depravity. (laughs) And some just are on full display for everybody to see. Well, we got the story out yesterday at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Why is the IRS loading up on 40 caliber machine guns? Well, I asked that question. Why? Is the IRS in our Constitution? No, it's not. Is the FBI in our Constitution? No, it's not. And I think for good reason. See, they're considered, quote unquote, law enforcement, aren't they? Isn't that what they're considered? Yep, that's what they're considered. At least in the minds of the people. The CIA, the NSA, the wildlife, Fish and Wildlife, and the Forestry Service. They arm all these people. Now, why are they arming them? Because they're agents of the state. Let me ask you something. In our Constitution, who are supposed to be the true law enforcers? Who's supposed to do that? Well, number one, the president, he has that responsibility to make sure that the laws are faithfully executed. That's a law enforcer. That's what he's supposed to do. If you want to know why you're at right now, it's because the last guy didn't bring justice and make sure the laws were faithfully executed. And if you want to know why it was a problem then, even then, with some of the agencies and things of that nature, it's because the guy before him didn't do it who wasn't lawfully in office in the first place. He was a lawbreaker. He's not a natural-born citizen. And if you want to know why it was going on during him, it's the guy before him who was a Republican. We were Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. America's been doing that for 170 years. Haven't you figured it out? How has voting either of those parties helped America? It hasn't. We've continued to devolve. We've continued to devolve that. No matter how good the intentions were in starting a party, or people who were behind it, we've continually gone downhill. And they've continued to use our money against us. That's what they've done. But besides the president, who is the law enforcers? It's the constitutional militia, able-bodied men. This is not people who are signed up in the National Guard or the Reserves. It's not. That's not what it is. That's been a federalized militia. That is not a constitutional militia. Constitutional militia is made up of volunteers like you and me, fellas. 
That's who that's who's supposed to be the law enforcers here. Why? Because the people are to govern themselves. We were never meant to be governed in the way we've grown up in this generation and the one before me and the one that's after me. We were never meant to grow up like that. We were meant to be free men in this country. That's what we were meant to be. And sadly, we've been born into slavery. And we might as well just admit that. I'm not a slave. Oh. Oh. You're told what you can and can't say on social media, aren't you? Uh-huh. Now they're they're coming in with all these hate crimes. How do you determine the hate crime? By what you say. Free man is able to say what he needs to say. Right? Look, I, I confess, even going and getting on a plane, what are you having to do? You're having to deal with these thugs who want to go through your stuff, scan your body, make you take your shoes off, all this. Does that sound like freedom to you? Nope, it's not. It's not. It's tyranny. And so when the lawful law enforcers have been ousted, the militia, the Constitutional Militia, which is part of the Second Amendment, too. I wish, you know, I wish some of these Second Amendment groups would start talking about the first part of the Second Amendment. Because that goes hand in hand with your right to keep and bear arms. You're not going to stand against a gang of thugs who come into your your yard and want to drag you from your house or take your children from you or deprive you of your property. You're not going to stand against those guys just by yourself. You're just not gonna. You're not gonna do it. But if you have a community of men who band together, and that kind of stuff starts taking place, they can come together and defend one another. This is why I highly encourage people. Look, even if you don't, you know, follow through with everything that Tactical Civics thinks and says and does, which that's fine. You can learn a lot, and you can network with some people in your county. Not in D.C., not in, the, not in the state at large, but in your county. You can do that kind of thing. Why is that important? Well, this, this is one of many reasons. I, I wish I'd have brought my paper out so I'd have got the Supreme Court ruling on what income is. doesn't apply to the bulk of the people here in the United States. It just doesn't. Um, and then also to the IRS publication, maybe one day I'll, I'll bring that out and, uh, and just give it to you and you, you do your own research and you determine what you want to do there. But the story came out from Ethan Huff and here's what he says. Virtually every federal government agency in Washington, DC is gearing up for what appears to be the makings of another civil war. I mean, th- this, this arming of these agencies is exactly in my opinion, what uh, Barack Obama had in mind when he talked about these these little armies that he wanted to create. Take the Internal Revenue Service, for instance, which is piling up armored vehicles. What does the IRS need an armored vehicle for? Much less vehicles, many of them. I mean, who are they raiding here? Tony Montana? I, I don't know. They're piling up armored vehicles, flashbang grenades, loaded with tear gas, and 40 caliber machine guns, which it plans to wage war on Americans. That's what it that's the only people they would be dealing with with all this stuff, right? Sorry for the typos there. 
For at least the past decade, the IRS has been arming itself to the teeth. At the end of 2017, the IRS had 4,487 firearms and over 5 million rounds of ammunition in its weapons cache. Now, look, I understand the thing because we went through this years ago with all of the purchase orders that had been put out for literally millions of rounds, if not billions of rounds. I can't even remember what some of that was. But they do that, and I'm aware they have to go through training several times a year, so they're going to use up a lot of ammunition just doing that. But they always have a pretty big stockpile of ammo, even after all the training. And that's each agency. But here's these guys. Um, They've got this in their cache. One can imagine that six years later, there is a lot more where that came from. Yeah, there, there really is. There's a lot more of where, from where that came from. Now, Leo Homan was the guy who uh, first popped this out here. And um, one of the things he pulled from, or one of the articles he pulled from was from Forbes. And it said, the Schumer Mansion tax bill known as the Inflation Reduction Act. I always... I always just get cracked up at the names they come up with this. The Inflation Reduction Act, as though when they put this bill in, all of a sudden inflation is just going to, it's going to disappear. It's it's not going to be around anymore. Don't don't you like the way they kind of deceive you with the name of the, the stuff they do? Which passed the Senate on Sunday, raises taxes, and will give, that's for those who 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 pay them, who go along with that, and will give the IRS billions to go into what the Wall Street Journal called beast mode. Hmm. Beast mode. Now, if this video will play, this is um, this is a guy who runs a channel called God, Family, and Guns. His name is Mark Gifford. He's a pastor from Lee's Summit, Missouri. And um, he's got kind of the, the download here on... Uh, on what's going on here. So here's Pastor Mark. Take a listen. I want to take a moment and speak to the militarization of the IRS. Because right now what we're looking at is there's actually more CI agents in the IRS than armed police officers with arresting abilities in the Marines. Uh, So what is this? Well, let's start with, and we've done a few videos. I'll put a few links below on specifics. But $10 $10 million have been spent on guns, ammo, and a lot of other military equipment, including flash grenades, body armor, armored vehicles, they go on and on. And if you look at the ad, when the IRS was hiring uh, these agents, you look at that ad, it says, uh, must be willing to defend yourself in a hostile situation and use deadly force if necessary. Okay, well, I get that because I arm myself for the same reason. The big question is, why do you need submachine guns? Why all the military equipment? Because ultimately, if you look at the list of the guns they bought, submachine guns are on that list. And what we're talking about is 40 caliber submachine guns for the IRS. And I just kind of want to understand why. Why is it the IRS needs hundreds and hundreds of 40 caliber submachine guns? It's, it's a reasonable question to ask, because if your goal is to defend yourself 
against bodily harm if necessary. Why the flash grenades? You know, people don't use flash grenades to defend themselves. They use flash grenades to assault uh, a building or assault a room or a group of people. Uh, they don't use it for self-defense at all. And I, again, I get the self-defense thing. Totally get it. I arm myself for self-defense as well. But I don't go into the world thinking, well, I need to have body armor and flash grenades and submachine guns and other styles of rifles. And I definitely need an armored Humvee, um, that kind of thing. These things don't cross my mind when I'm conducting just business. You know, and, and we did a video kind of talking about why and ultimately leads to seizure of property. Um, when you look at case law of property that was seized by the IRS, the numbers are stunning. Less than 10% of those who have had property seized actually had any sort of tax violation at all when it came out in court. It's just a forced seizure of property. Well, how do you seize property? You need things like submachine guns to do that. That's how you do it. Uh, this is not the truth of what's taking place, uh, what they're talking about here, that you need to just be able to defend yourself. This is so beyond that. They're just filled with lies, uh, filled with them. Because ultimately what you have is you have the IRS. You know, you have millions and millions and millions of rounds of ammo. You have thousands and thousands and thousands of guns. You have more armed agents with arresting ability than the U.S. Marines have. Um, throw in a bunch of other military equipment. You have the militarization of the IRS, all designed to seize property from civilians, most likely political enemies is my thought. Any thoughts or insight, definitely put that below. Specifically, why does the IRS need submachine guns? I do want to take a moment and add that most people that watch this channel uh, don't subscribe to this channel. Please. Okay. All right. So you get, you get the thing. If you want to subscribe to this channel, go over there. God family and God family guns. Is that what it is? God family and guns. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he, he gets the, he gets it. Why are, why do you need to have flashbangs? Oh, we could go in and somebody could be dangerous and, and they get, okay. But aren't people see, this is the twisted nature of what we're dealing with. And this came out by the way, this came out from Donald Trump when he talked about, let's take the guns first, then we'll give you due process. No, 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 no. Due process determines whether or not people lose their rights or whether they keep them. Our, our Constitution, again, is very clear that you, you don't get your life, liberty, property, any of that taken unless you're indicted or you're going to be found guilty, right? You don't lose any of that. So the, the, the question then comes, why are they arming them? I think he's probably right about the property issue. I think that's exactly what he's probably right about. Because what have we been told here? You're going to have nothing and like it, right? Are you going to be happy? Well, this, this is exactly what's going on here. So why are people arming up? Because the people are arming up, too. I don't want to make it just that, 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 that government's doing it. The people are arming up, too. One of the latest articles, well, covering 
gun. I, I thought we had several others, but this one that were a little bit more recent here. This is back from April. Um, <clears throat> it's stated to be the third highest gun sales month on record. Okay. The month of April 2023 is claimed third place in volume of firearm sales for April, dwarfed only by the record-setting pace set during the pandemic and accompanying widespread social unrest. It also marked the 45th month in a row that saw more than 1 million firearm purchases reflected in the number of national instant criminal background checks for the NICS system processed by yeah, the fox in the chicken coop, FBI. According to an estimate by the National Sporting Shoot, uh, Shooting Sports Foundation, April's figure came in at 1,369,296, which is up from April 22's 1,359,908. The figure represents a 0.7% increase when compared to the same 30-day reporting period in 2022, but down from March 2023's 1,556. I mean, stop and think about that a second. Every month, they're selling over a million guns every month the, to the people, not to the government, to the people. How many of those are submachine guns, fully automatic guns? Not very many, because you got to pay a tax for it. I know they, they call it a sticker and all this other stuff, but it's a tax. That's what it is. And where in the Second Amendment are you limited to what arms you can possess? We're, we're told that they're illegal. They're not illegal, but the government will use them while they attack your semi-automatic rifle and call it an assault rifle. And I loved how Pastor Mark put that. You carry these kinds of things if you're going to assault somebody, not if you're going to defend yourself. You carry them to assault people, and that's exactly what they're doing. That right is the, the right to keep and bear arms is not just about guns. It's about knives. It's about bazookas. It's about a stick. It's about a sword. It's about whatever you can carry. Whatever is an extension of you. And I've said it before. If you can get a tank, get a tank. If you're a lawful person, get a tank. Get a warship. If you can get a fighter jet, get some fighter jets. Get those in the hands of the people to use so that they can work together. Oh, Tim, you know, don't you know Ephesians 6? And I, Yeah, I do. I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm going to make distinction about two things. We're talking about defense here of, of ourselves. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But I also know that the Lord Jesus sat the night before his betrayal. And this is what he said. And he said unto them, this is from Luke chapter 22, verse 35. And he said unto them, when I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked you anything? I made, I ran this off real quick at the end of the show the other day. And they said nothing. Then he said unto them, but now he that hath the purse, let him take it. See, at first he sent them out so that they would see how the Lord cared for them. They would know that he was real, that he really saw what was going on, that he really provided for them. And so now they know that. They know that he'll do that. Well, then why would he tell them to take a purse? Well, it's just a common thing, common sense thing here. You're going to need some money here to live in the world. You just, it's just the way it is. And likewise, this script, and he that hath no sword, 
literally means a dagger. It doesn't mean like, you know, big samurai sword. It means like a, like a dagger. Let him sell his garment and buy one. Why? For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me, and he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. So why, why does he want him to carry a sword? For defense. So, stop and think a second. When the Roman soldiers came out with Judas to get Jesus, what did Peter do? Was there an attack on Jesus? Spiritually, there was. I mean, they were ganging up on him to go arrest him and take him in. Yes. But that's what was written that was going to happen, and Peter didn't understand that. He couldn't get that through his thick noggin uh, to save his life. Okay? So, when this happens, what does Peter do? Peter goes on the offensive. Nobody had drawn swords against Jesus or him or any of that other. Now, they had their weapons there, yes. But Peter rips out the, the little dagger that he's got, his little sword, his little knife. He swings for the, the little guy there, the high priest's assistant there. He swings for his head. He gets his ear. And Jesus says, put that away. Put that away. If you're going to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Now, do you see the difference? Peter went on the offensive against a guy who was, apparently wasn't even armed. And that's why he said, put it away. Now's not the time. The time right now is for me to do, to fulfill all of what's been written. That's what Jesus came to do. And again, Peter didn't get that. He really didn't get that in his head till after Jesus was resurrected. So there is a time for that. And we read in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything under the sun. You know, time for peace, and time for war. Time to mourn, time to dance. All that. There are times for different things. But the Bible always gives us this picture of being those who are operating defensively. If we're having to take a life or something like that, we operate defensively in order that we might preserve other lives. That's the whole point. Okay. So I want to make sure people understood that. I mean, do you think David went out with his bare hands? No, he went out with a sling and a stone. But what did Samson do? He grabbed a jawbone of an ass and he whipped the Philistines, didn't he? Yeah. You go find anybody who did any kind of battle, any of that kind of stuff, they used a weapon in that. And we'll see the spiritual aspect of that in just a minute. Let me give you a, a few of the things that people have said down through history who want to come after your guns while they're arming the agents of the state. See, this is the hypocrisy of those who are gun confiscators. I don't call them gun, con gun controllers gun controls, are anti-gun. They're not anti-gun. They're anti-the people having guns. They're just fine with the agents of the state and the people that protect them and everybody else. They love for them to have guns because they protect them from you and me, or at least they think they do. Adolf Hitler was one of those. What good fortune for those in power that people do not think. Most people don't even think about that. They get caught up in the thing. Oh, they're anti-gun. They're, no, they're, they're very pro-gun. Pro-gun to use against you. <laughs> and 
And so what do they do? They want to attack your right any way they can. They'll make your guns look as nasty and ugly as they can. They'll make your ammunition look that way. They'll make you look that way. But they want the agents of the state to have them. You listen to some of these guys as they talk about, we don't need weapons of war on the street. And yet they're just fine with arming the thin blue line with those same weapons that they want to take from you to use against you. Go figure that out. That's double talk. Mao Zedong, here's what he said. All political power comes from the barrel of a gun. The Communist Party must command all the guns. That way, no guns can ever be used to command the party. Oh, trust me. Among the communists, they're going to use guns against each other, right? There's no honor among thieves. Then we have Joseph Stalin. If the opposition, the citizen, disarms, well and good. If it refuses to disarm, we shall disarm it ourselves. That's their intention. You've been warned over and over on this show, and I know in the afternoon show, that, that this is coming. This is what they're, there, there is no, I, I don't, I, I'm finding it very, very difficult to see that you can get away from actual conflict that's coming. I, the Lord can do it. All things are possible with God. Don't get me wrong. And boy, am I praying for that because I don't want to be involved in it. I don't want my kids involved in it. I'm like that character from the Patriot. You know, I just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. But if you're going to be a bully, then I've got to be a way. I've got to have a way to defend myself. This also was from Chairman Mao. The cult of xenophobia. Wait, that's not one that I wanted to do. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, my goodness. Adolf Hitler. Again. Quote, the most foolish mistake we could possibly make would be to allow the subject races to possess arms. You know, that still carried over some into America. That still carried over to some in America. And I know everybody gets all worked up over, you know, the, 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 the guys like down in Georgia a couple of years back called out this white militia and they had their black militia. And I'm like, look, guys, I want you on my side because we're not your enemy. And you're really not supposed to be our enemy. We believe the same red. Our enemy, our enemies are the ones who are attacking us, who are trying to divide us based on skin color, for goodness sake. I want those guys on my side. I want them to know the Lord Jesus first and foremost, but I want them on our side. So he says, will allow the subject races to possess arms. History shows that all conquerors who have allowed their... See, this is the thing. These men who have this mindset want to conquer. They don't want to be the ministers of God. They want to be conquerors. And sadly, even in our political system, you go read some of the right-wing stuff out there, the conservative stuff, and you'll see them talking about Trump. Oh, when he gets in office, he'll be a retribution president. I just, I just, for once, I'd like to see one of these guys get in office and actually uphold their, their oath to the office 
and make sure the law is faithfully executed. That's what I'd like to see. Not holding my breath for it, though. Indeed, I would go so far, this again is Hitler, I would go so far as to say that the supply of arms to the underdogs is a sin quo non for the overthrow of any society. And I can go on and on with all of these things. Vladimir Lenin, our power does not know liberty or justice. It is established on the destruction of the individual will. And how do you do that? You just grind the people down. You take their life. You take their liberty. You take their property. That's the communist way. And don't think it's not going on inside what is called U.S. government. Because it is. In contrast, listen to what our founding fathers said. George Washington, there's nothing so likely to produce peace as to be well prepared to meet an enemy. It makes sense, doesn't it? If you are well trained and well armed, then, and you teach others to do that, again, what's, what's scary about being around 50,000 people in a crowd, all of them armed? For any of you who have not had that experience, I challenge you to go to Lobby Day next year in Virginia. And you will be elbow to elbow, hip bone to hip bone with other Americans from all walks of life with different skin colors and different features and the two different genders that we have. You'll, 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 you'll meet all those people and you'll be like face to face with them down the streets, tens of thousands of them. Probably one of the most heavily armed gatherings that I've ever been to. And you'll find one of the, you'll find the most polite people there. You really will. Because you'll bump into people and, hey man, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Nobody's got a chip on their shoulder because they know everybody else has the ability that if they want to bow up on you, that they have the ability to take your life. And so you have a mutual respect for one another. You have peace there. And nobody's threatening anybody. You know, the UN used to come in with their soldiers and their arms, and they would say, well, we gotta, we got to establish peace in here. Well, how are they doing it? In a conquering mode. They're there to be conquerors. They're not there to keep the peace. They're there to conquer. If you ask me, this is exactly what they're doing with the IRS. It's what they do with the FBI. It's what they do with Homeland Security. It's what they do with all these agencies. They're arming them against the people. They are not law enforcers. The people are the law enforcers. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16 of the Constitution. Again, we were doing the interview with uh, James Roguski, which I'll air on Thursday because we'll be uh, heading out. And that's what he was talking about. He says, you know, Tim, he says, I agree with you about the Constitution. And we can, we can see that, you know, the violation. But he says, the reality is they're operating outside of that. They're, they're not following that. And I said, I know. That's why you got to do both. You got you to be a prepared militia to enforce the law and to step in the way. I, I ran across a video yesterday and only got to watch about half of it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but it was talking about the rise of the militias. And I think it was focused on one particular militia. 
and um, and how they were training, how they were sharing information together, uh, their boldness to say, look, you know, we're here for one another. We're not here to cause trouble. We're not here to upset the apple cart. But if if one of us is in trouble, the others can come and be with them. Same thing I've been saying here. And this is popping up in different communities, by the way. It's not just one. It's popping up in different counties across the United States. Men have had enough. They're looking for an answer. And I'm telling you right now, the answer is you. The answer is you. It's always been us. You know, when you go back in the Old Testament, you see God using men to accomplish his purposes against their enemies. Yeah, and I point back to David and, and Samson, but what about what about Abraham? We've talked about him. 318 men. His nephew gets kidnapped by the kings. And does he hesitate? Does he ask somebody, hey, do you mind if I take my 318 man militia, well trained, well armed, and go get my nephew back? He doesn't ask anybody. He just says, boys, arm up and we're going to go get a lot back. And he does. He defeats the kings. He defeats their armies. And again, I think he does so in the power of God. I don't think that he does it of his own strength any more than David did, any more than Samson did. And if you go up without that, if you go up without God in there, you end up like the people who went up against Ai. Or who were, yeah, who went up against Ai. There was sin in the camp. And people lost their lives. Or you're kind of like what God said to Moses. He says, get away from those people, those sniff-deck people. I'm going to wipe them out, and I'll just start all over with you. He tells them to go on up and do their thing, and what happens? Moses is like, if you don't go with us, we're we're not going. Because he knows their power is in the Lord. Okay? As they go into land. Let me give you a couple more quotes, and then I want to jump over here and make a couple of, of different points here about what's going on. This is from Eldridge Jerry. Whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia. Mm-hmm. They attempt to destroy the militia, which they've done a pretty good job in doing, demonizing them in order to raise an army upon their ruins. Think about that. Whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia in order to raise an army upon their ruins. That's a great quote that ought to be out there to a lot of people. Really should. Thomas Jefferson had said, For a people who are, so, or who are free and who mean to remain so, A well-organized and armed militia is their best security. I would say that's really second. Your first is your God. That is the best security you can have. But second to that, under that, yeah, a well-organized militia of men who can defend, who can, as the Second Amendment says, are necessary for the security of a free state. One more. 
James Madison. Always remember that an armed and trained militia is the firmest bulwark of republics. That without standing armies, their liberty can never be in danger, nor with large ones safe. Do we have standing armies? Yep, the IRS is one of them. Homeland Security is one of them. FBI is another one. And we could go down the list. ATF. It's pretty incredible how far we've come from that. That's not even in most people's vocabulary, much less in their practice. And then we've got people coming up, finding all kinds of ways to do all kinds of other things. We've got, uh, for instance, this came out in uh, March, and this has been going on for some time too. Credit card companies, they're going to track gun sales. Now, they're going to track gun sales. And uh, should you start you know, partaking in using your credit card to purchase guns or ammo or anything like that, what are they going to do? Or they're going to cut you off. They're going to cut you off. And probably that's a good thing. Uh, I think we need to get away from credit cards uh, as much as possible. I understand we may have to use them to book certain things, but pay them off in that grace period and don't give them any, any, uh, their, their filthy usury. Okay. Their unlawful usury, I should say, to do. Now, with that said, some people may say, well, Tim, it sounds like you're gung-ho. You just go out there, guns blazing. I didn't say anything about that. I have always spoken in the defensive mode. Always spoken in the defensive mode. Now, if you want to talk to my fleshy side, yeah, I probably think about those things, but I'm restrained in that. I know how to self-govern in that matter. And so I speak to people on the defensive level. Because I think that's what the scripture has given to us. But just so we're not, just so we're clear that I'm not mixing the two things up, the weapons of the believer are to be what? They're not carnal. They're not made out of metal. They're not made out of polymer. They're not made out of wood. They're not made out of steel. They're different. This comes from 2 Corinthians chapter, set, chapter 10. He said, for though, or excuse me, let's back up to verse 2. And I will just read from verse 1. <laughs> no, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. In other words, they think Paul is something that he's, he's something that he's not, nor is he claiming to be. And he says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're in the flesh, there's no doubt about that. We live in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Not like other men do. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if you, want to, if you want to know what the believer's offensive weapons are, it's the Word of God. It's not a carnal weapon. In fact, we're told that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We're told that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. 
What is our testimony based upon? The Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, His fulfillment of what God said would come and what He would do. Those things are not carnal. I can't you know, jump out here and kill somebody by telling them the gospel that calls men from sin and towards a Savior and to be reconciled to God. This is what Paul is saying. And then he says this. He, he expounds on that. What is this pulling down a stronghold you're talking about here, Paul? This is the, if you want to know what the offensive weapon is, this is it. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? You want to use offensive weapons against the enemy? Start bringing the Word of God in. Start bringing the Word of God in. Cause that to bear upon their consciences if they still have a conscience. They haven't seared it completely off. Start bringing that in first. If you want to go on the offensive, that's it. Bring the Word of God to them. The real Word of God, not the, you know, Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. Now, you bring the gospel the way the prophets did. You bring the gospel the way John the Baptist did. You bring the gospel the way Jesus did. You bring the gospel the way the apostles did. Boldly proclaiming what God has said about sinners, about sin, and about the Lord Jesus. That's what you bring to them. And you hold the law up. The law is the light that shows them their sinfulness. Why? Because Romans 1 tells us that they hide that stuff. They suppress it. They suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Why? They don't want to hear it. They want to live their lives under themselves. And when they do that, some of them devolve so much that they just simply want to control other people. At whatever expense, however many lives have to be lost in the process, they'll do it. So take the Word of God. If you want the offensive weapon, that's it. We've, we've covered the defense. We've covered the defensive weapons. You should have arms to use at, at your discretion for defense. You should. But if you want to go on the attack... You use, the, you use the spiritual weapons. We're also told, we're very familiar with this passage, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know, look, I get it. <laughs> I know demons, devils, or... Spirituals, spiritual beings that we're warring against, and sometimes you see a face on them. <laughs> Let me put it that way. They have a name to them. Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or whoever it is. But it's the power behind them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where our warfare takes place. Wherefore, 
because that's the way the war is, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and he says, even for him, so that utterance may be given unto him, that's Paul, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, there are a lot of people listening, and you're armed to the teeth. you got enough guns. You, you're loaded up with ammo. But when it comes to your spiritual weapons, your sword, your sword is dull. You don't have any prayer bullets going on. You don't have those stocked up either. How are you going to stand in the day? How are you going to stand in the day? Because should the knock come to your door, that's where the real rubber meets the road, isn't it? It's not about what you type online. It's not about what you say, highly testosterone. It's not about any of that. It's about what happens when it really occurs. Do you freeze? Do you fear? Do you submit? Or do you stand? And if you haven't been spending time there with the Father in the closet, are you going to be rewarded openly? I don't think so. This has to be first and foremost in our minds, is to draw close to God and have Him draw close to us. So that should it come to the physical confrontation where you're having to defend family, friends, neighbors, strangers, whoever, that you'll be empowered by the Spirit of God to do that, to do it. Paul also talks to Timothy, and he uses language that deals with, that is militaristic, if you will. This comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You're going to get persecuted, Timothy. It's going to be rough going, but endure it as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Played that song at the beginning of the show. Onward, Christian soldiers. And the church has lost its militant spirit about being good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We need to regain that. We need to ask God for repentance and, and a, a fresh outpouring of His Spirit upon us that we may be able to be those who can endure the hardness, the hardship, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he says this, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully? The husbandman that laboreth must, first, must be first partaker 
of the fruits. So there is a challenge here. One is spiritual. And that is to be right with the Lord, to call upon Him, to know Him as Father, not as just Lord. He is Lord. He's already that. Is He your Father? Do you draw close to Him? Do you speak to Him as a son does to the Father? And does the Father speak to you as a father to the Son? Do you know what it is to have the Spirit of God living in you, to enlighten you to the Scriptures, to enable you by grace to do, to will and to do His will? If you don't, you need to be born again. You need desperately for God to do something in your heart, to take that heart of stone out and to put a heart of flesh in, to change you by the work of the Spirit of God through the gospel of grace. And what is the gospel of grace? It calls men to repentance because of what the Son, the Lord Jesus, did on behalf of sinners. He didn't just say, hey man, I love you. He went and stretched out his arms and said, I love you this much that I will lay down my life. And he did that for his people. And the command there from the scripture is what? Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't do that. Is your conscience pricked? I hear a lot of people saying, oh, God wins in the end, and they're just kind of trivial about it. It makes me wonder if they know what the scriptures even say. They just say it like that. It makes me wonder if they understand the warfare that they're in. I don't think they are. But here's the thing. While your rights are being attacked, the enemies are arming up against us. And we better be right in spirit and in body for what's coming. Because it's coming. The question is, how are we preparing for that? And how will we stand in that day? And again, I encourage men who listen to this broadcast, get together with other men in your community. Get as many young men in there as you can. I'm getting a little older. I want some energetic guys with me. <laughs> I really do. Who are passionate and they want a purpose in life. And the guys that I have around, they have a purpose that they want to honor the Lord. And they want their families to grow up in the blessings of the Lord. And they want to deal with it. Instead of their children dealing with it. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then.